Oh yeah. TGIF Let's Go Neighborhood. Sometimes you just gotta book some fantasy to plan out some wrestling, what you want it to be. This is By the Book. Come take a look. By the Book. Well, technically, you'll hear it. DC's just a fan laying out his plan. By the Book. To get you in the spirit. This is By the Book. So, hey, neighborhood, if you're feeling low, DC will save you with this podcast show. This is By the Book. By the book. Shooby doo wop, wada. Yeah. I'd like to give a big shout out to Dave Coulier, uh, the Olsen twins, and whoever plays Kimmy Gibbler. Uh, what an epic intro, ladies and jelly spoons. My name is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI, and welcome to By the Book. Despite all of his complaining, despite all of his demanding more praise and more invitations, Doc Manson has given me his blessing to continue gracing your oral cavities, that's A-U-R-A-L, with my inane blabbering. And so this is by the book, and this is the WWE brand split draft extension cornucopia blizzard party time edition of by the book it is currently monday the day before the draft we've got a big week coming up a lot of people are saying it could be the best week ever if you are a wrestling fan raw tonight the draft tomorrow nxt and the cruiserweight classic and i think lucha underground finishes ultima lucha dos and then you've got battleground on Sunday, the G1 tournament is happening in New Japan. There is just wrestling pouring out your ears, and it is it is a wonderful time to be a wrestling fan. I don't know if this is the best week ever, but I do have to wonder, friends, Romans, neighborhood, I do have to wonder if in 20 years we will look back on 2016 as one of the best years in wrestling. I think uh, 83, 84 will be considered. You've got the first Starcade, the first WrestleMania. You want to talk 97, 98, Attitude Era, Monday Night Wars, ECW. Uh, I think 2016 could be among those. We might be in the middle of a golden age of professional wrestling. And that's why I'm here. So yesterday, last night randomly, mid-afternoon to late afternoon, possibly even early evening, WWE decided to announce some rules. We actually have rules for the draft. I don't know if this was by design. I don't know if this was their way of controlling the story for as long as possible. I don't know if it was just the fact that they didn't know and they just decided this weekend how the draft should work. A lot of people feel that way. I kind of wonder, and I think I alluded to this on a podcast at some point in the past, I have to wonder if this is one of those things where... um, 
WWE knew that no matter what they said, they were going to have issues. There were going to be issues. Forgive me, I'm playing with my microphone audio because I don't want to burst your ear canals. So if the audio just went up and dropped, I'm fiddling with things. This is I don't have a producer. I'm sitting alone in my apartment. Mrs. Matthews is out being wonderful. I'm sitting alone in my apartment and I'm worrying about the audio so I keep fiddling with it. I'm going to stop. If it's too loud, you have your own volume control or just yell at me on Twitter at DC Matthews NAI. Uh, but just make sure before you yell at me, you compliment that intro because that was awesome. All right. So they released some rules and I was saying something. Ah, yes. I was saying that I think WWE knew in the age of social media, the people who actually wanted to know the rules ahead of time are the same people who were probably going to offer some amount of criticism, no matter what the rules were. So if it came out 48 hours before the draft, that gave us time to get excited. Lots of people real excited now about the draft um, without having time to complain that much. And to be honest, I haven't heard a lot of complaints. I haven't seen a lot of complaints out there in the Twitterverse. Maybe I've just blocked all the haters. Little haters. Uh, I, I'm not Enzo Amore. Anyways, uh, let me read the rules. In case you are only get your news via my voice or Doc's voice, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson, uh, if you only get your news from our podcast or the podcast network, let me read the rules to you as were posted last night. All right, uh, number one, I'm going to read them first, and then I will kind of break them down, and I'll let you know what I think, reading between the lines, what this means. Uh, Raw has the first overall pick. That was rule number one. Uh, because Raw is three hours, whereas SmackDown Live is two hours, Raw will get three picks to SmackDown's two picks. So for every two picks SmackDown gets, Raw gets an extra pick. Uh, tag teams can be drafted as a single unit unless a general manager or commissioner chooses a single individual person. And the final rule that I remember seeing is that there will be six NXT draft picks. Well, that's a whole lot of information, so let me kind of break it down for you. Number one, biggest thing, this is now called SmackDown Live. Uh, the hashtag now says SmackDown Live, which they produced the hashtag. They had it, everything say SmackDown Live. It is no longer Raw and SmackDown. For some reason, at least for now, we should get used to calling this SmackDown Live. Like Saturday Night Live, I suppose. So, random thing, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Um, if you read these rules, they seem to be slightly in favor of Monday Night Raw. And I'd like to point out that I think that is by design. If you watched last Monday when Vince was talking to his children, his progeny, I think I'm using that word right, I'd look it up, but I don't want to. He made it sound like he was leaning towards Stephanie. And history should dictate, and does dictate, in fact, that he is leaning towards his daughter as opposed to his son. Shane came back uninvited way back before WrestleMania. Vince has been stacking the deck. Face the Undertaker in the cell if you want to gain control of Raw. 
Vince does not, in a storyline sense, want his son to succeed. Somebody was tweeting at me, you know, well, shouldn't financially Vince want his son to succeed? I don't think finances play into this. At no point have I seen Vince McMahon getting on TV and talking about how all he cares about is money. We presume that because that's part of his character historically. But in recent history, he's not like that. He's against Shane. He's giving Shane's opportunities to prove himself. But at the same time, he doesn't necessarily want Shane to succeed. That's why he's giving him the non-flagship show. There's a reason he said that last week. So he's giving Stephanie the first overall pick, and he's giving her three picks for every two picks of Shane's. And yes, there's a time reason for that. Raw is three hours. SmackDown is two hours for now. But at the same time, I hope that storyline-wise, they make it out to be that Vince is just stacking the deck. Vince rarely, if ever, is completely objective. He's often subjective. And he should do that in this sense and try to, you know, I'm going to give you, Shane, the show that's not as good. You're going to have less to work with. And you're going to have to make that work. And I think that's part of it because Shane can then, storyline-wise, rally the troops of the people he drafts and try to excite them into creating this show. And if Daniel Bryan is, in fact, the general manager, then that's an underdog story in and of itself because Daniel Bryan is perhaps the ultimate underdog in professional wrestling. All right, so I kind of read between the lines there. Now, tag teams. I'm excited at the fact that tag teams can be drafted as a unit. However, understand, at least in my opinion, there would be no reason to say in the rules, unless a commissioner or general manager chooses someone individually, there's no reason to say that unless somebody's going to do it. All right. So, unless there's a, going to be a plan to have a tag team split up, they wouldn't need to say that. They would just say tag teams can be drafted as one. Now, with the preponderance of trios teams, even though WWE doesn't call them that, there are the Wyatts, uh, New Day, Social Outcasts. Some of them are listed as trios. Um, I believe the social outcasts are listed as trios. I have written down uh, into a Google Doc the rules. I do not have the actual rules up because I don't like to be that prepared for the show. Uh, but I expect to see at least some tag teams split up, and I'll hypothesize a little later in the show, as well as also just mention who I'd like to see split up. Since this is by the book, there is going to be some fantasy booking here. But if you're used to our brand of shows, the DDT Wrestling, Doc Manson, and DC Matthews brand of shows, you know that that's I'm. We always reserve the right to go off topic. So uh, let's focus here. Let's actually get towards the fantasy booking and let's talk about the last rule, the one that kind of blew everyone's mind a little bit. We had assumed that there was going to be some. NXT presence in this draft. Uh, at least one, maybe two, could be three, and then WWE blew the doors off the Twitterverse by saying six. Not you, Sean Waltman. Not you. But six picks 
from SmackDown. Or NXT, excuse me. I'm getting all excited here. Six picks from NXT. And tag teams can be drafted as a single entity, which means that we could have more than six people drafted. Now, my expectation, my actual prediction uh, is going to be different than what I would like to see. My prediction are the following people. Let's go with the obvious ones first. Finn Balor, Bailey, American Alpha. Those three, I think, are locks. They are going to get drafted. We saw this weekend what people are calling the NXT curtain call. Uh, Matt Bloom, formerly known as Baldo, Albert, Prince Albert, A-Train, um, and then Lord Tensai, and the giant Bernard in Japan. And I'm probably missing a nickname or two, which is going to bother me. Uh, for a while. So if you know one of them that I've missed, share it with me. Those were the ones off the top of my head because that's the way my mind works. But Matt Bloom, head trainer down at Full Sail University, tweeted out the picture. Nakamura's in there. Uh, I don't think that means he's getting drafted, though I certainly wouldn't mind it if he did. He's not on my predictions to be drafted. Um, but I believe that was probably, you could say, Balor, Bailey, and Alpha's perhaps last match as solely NXT wrestlers. I think that's what that was about. So those are locks. Those are going to show up um, in both my predictions and my fantasy booking. So let me go with the latter three of my predictions. I'll tell you why I'm predicting those three, and then I'll go into the fantasy booking. You've been very patient. I appreciate it. Have you bought a DDT Wrestling t-shirt yet? ProWrestlingTees.com slash New Age Insiders. You can see the wealth of New Age Insider merchandise, including the DDT Wrestling t-shirt. I got an email sent to me from Mama and Papa Matthews, both proudly wearing their DDT Wrestling t-shirts. Uh, they would hate me if I posted it online, so just trust me that it's there. I don't have mine yet. I believe there was some mailing issues. I know Ant's got one, the rant with Ant. My package, I've got like three or four shirts coming from Pro Wrestling Tees. None of them have arrived yet. I don't know why I'm I am whining about that. I'm not happy. I wanted to wear it because I actually went out socially with Doc Manson this weekend, and it would have been nice to wear that shirt. All right, back on track. My three final predictions. Ty Dillinger, Samoa Joe, and the one that's going to perhaps shock you, but really, if you think about it, not really. Carmella. Let's start with her. Why am I predicting that Carmella will be drafted? Well, it's easy. Carmella has a natural fit. I'm assuming Enzo and Cass are going to SmackDown. That seems like a natural fit. And I could see Shane kind of as a, this sounds awkward to say, gift to them. I just saw on WCW, the NWO gifted Elizabeth to Randy Savage. That was creepy. Um, but as a, as a bonus, he drafts Carmella, and those three are reunited. And it's not just because, sorry to break it to you in case you didn't know, Carmella and Colin Cassidy are actually a couple IRL, as the kids say, in real life. 
Um, it's easy. Carmella is uh, a, a fairly talented wrestler. She's not great, but she's a fairly talented wrestler who can continue to improve. Um, and there's a natural fit there with Enzo and Cass, and it makes them a kind of cool little trio. So I, that's why I'm predicting that. I would love to see some other people drafted. Um, a lot of people are saying Nia Jax. That's not one of the people I would love to see drafted, though I could understand kind of how that fits. Uh, but I'm going to say Carmella, just because it's an easy way to get an NXT draft pick without having to change a huge amount of storyline. Uh, as for Samoa Joe, it's time. I did not like Samoa Joe when he first came to NXT. I thought he was a little dull. I thought they weren't giving him a chance to shine. Then he won the title from Finn Balor. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, there you are. You know, in Hook, the movie Hook, Robin Williams, Julia Roberts, Dustin Hoffman, uh, Glenn Close plays a guy in a very weird cameo early on. Um, In the movie Hook, I'm going to be all over the place today. Just get used to it. Buckle in, kids. Wake the neighbors. Wake the kiddies. Call the neighbors. This is going to be something you are not going to want to miss, to quote David Letterman. In the movie Hook, um, Peter Pan has chosen to leave Neverland to be with Wendy, um, and he ages. He gets old, and as he gets old, he forgets that he's Peter Pan uh, in a whole lost childhood metaphor. And so he returns to Neverland because his children have been kidnapped, And the Lost Boys are trying to help him. And at one point, a very little cute Lost Boy goes up to Peter Pan and he's like trying to like pull the wrinkles and the, you know, kind of old, older man fat away from his face. And he smooths it out and he goes, oh, there you are, Peter. Why am I saying this? Because when Samoa Joe won the title and he started acting like Samoa Joe, I went, there you are. Joe, this is the Samoa Joe that I've been wanting to see. So I was very excited to see that. That guy belongs in WWE, and he's a guy, he's a very talented wrestler. He fits on any roster, major or minor league, and he's a guy who can work NXT and WWE for a month or two until he loses the title to Shinsuke and then can move on. So that's my prediction. I'm a little iffy on that one. Probably that's the one I'm the most iffy on because he has the title. Um, Plus, you've got all of these TNA guys who are uh, in NXT or soon to be in NXT, I'm assuming. Spoiler free, but I'm assuming. Uh, And then my sixth guy is Ty Dillinger. And this is my personal, this is my I'm totally biased. He deserves it. You've heard me talk about it on other shows before. I did a whole little vignette about it. Um, I think he's ready. He's a role player guy. He's never going to be a main eventer, and I don't need him to be. All I need him to do, all I need him to do is team with Tyler Breeze and Fandango. That's all I'm asking. Please, please let Team Gorgeous happen. Please, WWE. Shane, I know you listen to this show. You told me. Just kidding. You didn't tell me. But I'm hoping someone in WWE listens to this show. I hope there are interns who get paid just to listen to wrestling podcasts and write down interesting ideas. Please make Team Gorgeous happen. Please. So those are my six. Baylor. Oh, Baylor. Balor. Bailey. Baylor. I suppose Baylor. Balor. Bailey. Alpha. Dillinger. Joe. Carmella. Six predictions. Lock them down. We'll see if I'm right. 
in the next few days. Fantasy booking. We're almost 20 minutes in. Let me actually get to the buy the book part of this show. These are the six people I would want drafted. Balor, Bailey, Alpha. Those are locks. The other three are your current reigning and defending NXT champions all around. Joe, Asuka, Revival. My thinking, and a lot of people don't agree, but that's fine. Let me try see if I can convince you. My thinking is you wipe NXT out. You take all of their almost main, your main event guys that have been there for a while, and you take them out. You put Alpha and Revival up. They could be on separate brands or the same brand. Asuka and Bailey, boom, gone. Joe and Balor, boom, gone. And I would do it. They wouldn't wait till TakeOver. I would literally have them surrender their titles. And on NXT, the next time, which is odd because they pre-tape, rant for another day, they've got to start all over again. And all of a sudden, you watch NXT to see what they're going to do with these three championships. This is more about NXT than WWE. So let me go through the divisions. You start with their singles division. This is where they're, they have the easiest time because you have Nakamura, Austin Aries, Bobby Roode's going to debut someday. You've got three guys who could be legitimate main eventers. You've got guys like Ty Dillinger. I'm sorry. You don't get drafted in this fantasy booking. I love you. You've got him who could be a main eventer in the same way Tyler Breeze was a year or two ago. You've got Noe Jose and um, Andrade, the godfather, almost coming up. They could be ascend. See, this is what happens. You take the main event guys out and everyone moves up a step or two. So all of a sudden, Almas and Jose, despite the fact that I'm not wild about either of them, could become very easily more of a main event type of talent. And then you've got all of these other guys. You have to remember, the Cruiserweight Classic is going to lead to NXT for all of them. I know some people have signed. Don't tell me who they are. I am remaining spoiler-free. This is the most excited I've been about professional wrestling since probably I started watching it again. Do not ruin this for me. I don't want to know who signed. I don't want to know who advanced. I don't want to know, forgive me, Thrillhouse, I think it was you, I don't want to know if the matches were good. Even if you say, hey, all reports say Abushi versus Cedric Alexander in round two was awesome. La, 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 I'm not listening, I'm not listening, because I don't want to know. I don't want to hear it. Of course, Abushi versus Alexander is going to be great. I didn't need someone to tell me that. I want to be the nine-year-old kid who laid on his stomach in the neighbor's house and watched Bobby Heenan come out riding a camel backwards. I want that level of fandom, and the only way I can do that is to stay as spoiler-free as possible. I was mad that I found out Ho-Ho Lun won, and I say Ho-Ho's a no-no. Somebody liked that line. I'm bringing it back for you. So, I was mad about that. Regardless, where was I? Ah, yes. You wipe them all out. So, your singles division... Your Cruiserweight Classic is going to lead to people being signed. So you bring them in. Right now, 
what I would do, if I'm William Regal, if I'm the general manager, although maybe he won't be the general manager for long, he might wind up getting drafted. Maybe Regal becomes one of the six NXT picks. Anyone ever think of that? What if Corey Graves is one of the six NXT picks? Ever think of that? Could happen. Never know. WWE could change the rules. Nakamura, Aries, Rude. Triple threat, Brooklyn for the title. And I know this isn't going to happen because I know Nakamura versus Joe is going to be happening at Brooklyn more than likely. But that's what I would do. Nakamura, Aries, Rude. You are our three top guys. If we need to have a little mini tournament to, to, to figure this out, we could. But Nakamura, Aries, Rude, triple threat. Usher in a new era in NXT with those three guys, main eventing. Boom. You crown your champion. Tag team. People. Well, well, DC, if you if you move up Alpha and the Revival, there are no tag teams. There's just Authors of Pain and TM61 and Gargano and Champa, and that's it. People, take a breath. Dusty Classic, boom. Drop the mic, boom. I wouldn't because this is an expensive mic and I love it. But Dusty Classic, it's a tag team tournament. This time, this year, for this one time. Instead of crowning just a trophy, winners get the titles. You can have and you can find eight teams. You bring up uh, what is it, Sawyer Fulton and Angelo Dawkins. They're still around. They could be a team. Um, you send a team down. Does the Ascension really need to be in WWE even with the brand split? Maybe, maybe not. Send them down for a while. Have, you know, make the Dusty Classic seem important by WWE sending maybe Raw and SmackDown. Fantasy booking off the top of my head. Raw and SmackDown each need to send a team down for the Dusty Classic. And uh, SmackDown sends, let's say, the Ascension. And just for fun, Raw sends the Dudleys. Bubba Ray and Devon at full sale. How cool would that be? All right, maybe they wind up Winning a match or two, maybe they just lose and put over somebody else. But either way, now all of a sudden, you've got a bunch of teams and you crown new champions. Same kind of thing with the women. Here's the problem with Asuka as champion. And I like Asuka. You all know my partner in crime, Doc Manson, has an unhealthy love for Asuka. But here's the problem with her as champion. She's too good. She's currently undefeated. I think. I don't think she's been pinned, and I don't think she's been made to submit. Maybe she lost by count-out or something. But to the best of my knowledge, she's undefeated. And I've been talking about this for months with Asuka. There is no one who is ready to take her on. Unless you're going to pull off some sort of weird upset, there is no one who is ready to take her on. No one. And you've got a bunch of talented women on that roster who can't advance because she's there. All right, and Bailey can over, only put over so many. So you send them both up, and now Alexa Bliss, Carmella, because remember, this is my fantasy booking, not my prediction. So I, in this realm, in this parallel universe, Carmella's still there. Bliss, Carmella, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, Tessa Blanchard, Rachel Ellering. Have to imagine since dad's there, she's there. Um, Santana Garrett, I think, was, you know, you bring all of these women that you've had there for a bit, and you have a little tournament to crown a new NXT champion. And now these women, who we only see every now and then, suddenly become 
more important and have more to do. This is how I build for the future. This is how I build for the future. I get rid of all the top people who've been there for a while. I send them on to WWE with love and blessings and and flowers and the whole thing. A fresh can of paint for Finn. And you focus, you allow the young talent who has not gotten as much screen time because NXT is only 60 minutes long, wrong, you give them the time. And then all of a sudden you have a new class of NXT talents who can, in the 2017 draft, move up. All right. That's my idea. You move all of those champions and contenders out. You focus on the future, which is what NXT was originally meant to be. It got away from true developmental for a while. Now it can do that. Now it can go back to what it is meant to do. It can be the developmental brand. You take those people, you send them up to the draft, you put Balor on Raw, you put Joe on SmackDown, you put Bailey and Asuka places. I would even start with Alpha and Revival, get to do their tag team match, their amazingness. They've had two phenomenal matches and one two out of three falls match on NXT that I found disappointing. Not going to lie. It was good, but it was nowhere near their other stuff. You let them do their best work on Raw or SmackDown, and all of a sudden, boom, tag team wrestling's fun again. All right, let's use that natural segue. Let's go back uh, to WWE. Thank you, NXT, for letting me book you for a while. Uh, Let's talk tag teams. Let me skip around a bit. I was going to talk about the rounds and things, but let me skip to the tag teams. Use this natural segue. I think, uh, again, I'll give you my predictions as to who's getting split up. I'm not going to predict who goes to what roster. And I'm not even going to fantasy book who goes to what roster. I'll look through the roster and I'll kind of give you an idea of the philosophy that I would like to see happen. Um but I'm not going to go through and say Del Rio is on Raw and Sheamus is on SmackDown. Apollo Crews is over here. I'm not going to do that. I don't want to waste your time. Uh, I don't want to waste my time. My poll I put out there that Doc Manson disagrees with says the best podcasts are between 30 minutes and an hour. We just crossed the 30-minute mark. Thank you for joining me on this Monday or whenever you're listening, someday in the future on a distant planet. Hello! Hope you understand my language. Um... But I'm not going to do that, but I'll share some things with you before I let you get ready for this exciting week in wrestling. Um, I think it's a given that the Lucha Dragons are going to get split up. They're not doing anything, and while we still don't know, problem, we still don't know whether or not we're getting one tag team champion or two. We still don't know if we're getting one women's champion or two. Um, I suppose we really don't know. We can... We, we are fairly sure, based on the clues, but no one has said outright that we're getting two world champions. Um, so all of this is conjecture. And I know that if we're going to get two tag team champions, which it would seem to make sense, um, you would want to keep as many tag teams together as possible because now you've got to split up that bench of uh, tag team talent. Um, But I think the Lucha Dragons are getting split up. I don't know what to make of Kalisto's push 
earlier this year. Um, I seem to think they were, you know, he was so exciting in NXT. He was so exciting in WWE. He had that moment at TLC with a Salida del Sol onto the ladder, I think on one of the Usos. I think they tried to catch lightning in a bottle. They gave him the U.S. title. They gave him a run. Um, it was probably too early. I like Kalisto. I think he's incredibly talented. I think there's potential there for him to be a top-tier guy, not necessarily a main eventer, but that tier two, tier one kind of guy. Um, I don't know that he's Rey Mysterio. You know, I think that's that's part of the problem when we immediately compare these guys to these legends. The problem with Dean Ambrose is that a lot of people expected him to be Steve Austin. And, you know, you can say, well, I saw him more as Rowdy Piper. Well, I saw him more as Brian Pillman. Those are still three epic talents. And you're asking this guy to be everything that Roddy Piper was through Roddy Piper's 30 to 40 year career um, in a span of a few months. We're asking Dean Ambrose to capture everything we loved about Austin from the Attitude Era in just a few months. Um, And so it's hard. Our expectations, I've said this a lot, and I mean it, and it, it, it happens in a lot of different ways. Our expectations are what let us down the most. We expect Kalisto to be the next Rey Mysterio, and when he can't do that right away, or when he doesn't get the chance to do that, we're let down, and we blame him. You weren't Rey Mysterio. Well, you know what? He wasn't, and that's okay. He had some greatness, and then he ran into the tank of Rusev, and I'm not worried about that at all, because I love Rusev. All right, so the Lucha Dragons, I think, are getting split up. Um, I think... It's worth noting, although this could have changed since I checked last, I don't believe the Wyatt family was on. I'm going to go to WWE.com right now and see. Thankfully, it's right there. I love that it's Rollins, Ambrose, and Sasha. Those are the three names for the draft. Who do you think gets drafted first for the women? I think it's Charlotte, um, but it could be Sasha. I suppose. Let me scroll down here to the tag teams. Are the Wyatts here? The Wyatts are not on the list. Um, And I think that's, you know, part of it is they haven't wrestled as a tag team in a while. Part of it's Luke Harper has been injured. Um, But it, it doesn't look, from here, it doesn't look like the Wyatts can be drafted together. They are all part of the... Uh, list of male superstars. So I do think the Wyatts get split up in some form or fashion. Uh, How I would do it is you keep Bray and Braun together. Braun Strowman is not ready to stand on his own. Um, Eric Rowan, you draft separately and you secretly draft Luke Harper there. And then Luke Harper and Eric Rowan can finally win the tag team titles they should have had years ago. I'm not bitter or anything. Uh, And then you have Bray with Braun as just his muscle because Braun Strowman has done great looking like the monster he was supposed to be. You know, there's a problem when you're huge, but you've got a baby face. All right. When you're seven foot tall or approaching seven foot tall, but you look like you should be still wearing diapers. Sorry, Braun Strowman. Please don't eat me. Um, That's a problem. But, you know, that compound segment, which was fine. The thing I took out of it the most is Braun Strowman looked like a monster, which is what he's supposed to do. So that's how I would do it. I would split the Wyatts up that way. Let Harpro, as I call them, and other people call them, let Harpro go this way and do their thing. Let uh, Bray and Braun go that way and do their thing. And potentially those two 
forces can come together again, either to unite or, perhaps more excitingly, to fight. Um, I also think social outcasts are getting split up. That would be my prediction and my hope. And the hope would be, the reason why I would do it, and you know what's coming, is it's holding back Bo Dallas. You are holding him down. I've never understood Heath Slater. He's entertaining, I guess. But I've never had a love for Heath Slater. Bo Dallas is great. Curtis Axel is just fine. He looks more like his grandfather than his father. They should have gone that route which I suppose they did by calling him Curtis Axel, Larry the Axe, Henning. Anyways, um, I would split them up to let Bo Dallas do something. Again, in the same way as Ty Dillinger, Bo Dallas is never going to main event. If Bo Dallas main events a uh, Raw or SmackDown pay-per-view, and not in like the weird, well, the Royal Rumble was technically the main event. He was in the Royal Rumble. If he ever gets a serious main event push, I will weep with joy. But it's not going to happen. But Bo Dallas can do more than what he is currently doing. He's hilarious, and they need to give him something to do. My idea would be you make him Stephanie McMahon's executive assistant. Not He's not the commissioner. He's the flunky. He's the secretary. She sends him out to do, you know, go tell Kane this thing that's going to make Kane mad so he beats you up. You go out there to the crowd and let them know that Roman Reigns is not appearing tonight or what have you. Um, Let him be funny. You know, I don't need Bo Dallas. I said this last week. I don't need Bo Dallas to be the most amazing wrestler. I need him to be able to be his hilarious self on a more regular basis. And it gives Heath Slater something else to do, too. You send him to the other roster, maybe Heath Slater can have a more successful wrestling career um, than Bo Dallas. Maybe he could contend for a U.S. or Intercontinental title someday. But those are, you know, you've taken a lot of your comedy forces and you've put them in one group and it was epic for a while, but now you got to spread the wealth. You need Russell Silly on both shows. Um I actually think those three teams that I just mentioned, Dragons, Outcasts, Wyatts, they get separated. Those are probably the only three that do, and it's because you need all of these tag teams. But I would also split up Golden Truth. They were hilarious, but the joke's over now. You know, the problem where you have a team, where you have a storyline where it's two guys trying to get together and, you know, one guy chases the other one, then it goes back and forth. It's funny, but once they get together, the story's over. So, you know, they had this lovely feud with Breezango, and I swear if you split Breezango WWE, if you split up my team, I will shake my fist in your general direction and continue to pay you $10 a month. But I'll shake my fist. Don't make me do it. Um, Golden Truth's done. You know, I don't know what the future is for either of them. They're both older. They're both kind of... They've seen more wrestling pay-per-views than they'll... You know, they've seen more than they'll continue to participate in. But you could do something with them. Split them up. Um, and then, you know, uh, this is an easy one. But the Dudleys... They're doing nothing. I have to believe this is not what they signed up for unless this was just their, you know, we will come and lose to every other team as long as we can get into the Hall of Fame. Maybe that was their plan. Um, But, you know, this is a common thing on the Twitterverse. I'll just add my name to the chorus. Let's see what Bubba Ray can do as a singles guy. You know, Devon can do his own thing if he wants to, or he can just go away. 
You know, I don't think uh, the wrestling world will be that much worse for the loss of Devon Dudley. I'm sorry. It's mean. I get it. But it's true. All right. Uh, let's see here. Where were we? Where were we? We talked about tag teams. Ah, uh, the women. I, I have a hard time seeing two female champions. Lance Storm was absolutely right, though. He tweeted this this morning. If you don't follow Lance Storm, you should. He's a fantastic guy uh, to follow. He even has his own separate account where he live tweets stuff. I'd follow both of them. Um, but he said, if you're going to have a second women's title, you make it look exactly the same as Charlotte's, except it's blue. And that's exactly right. You don't bring the butterfly back. And I don't think they're going to call it the Divas title. I, I, I am going to have faith that the powers that be in WWE are not going to have such a time legitimizing women's wrestling and then four months later take it back to exactly where it was. I'm going to assume we will just have women's champions on both. You know, the women's world champion and the women's champion. Like, I don't think they'll call it heavyweight, but they'll come up with some way of distinguishing the two, and then if they do have Knight of Champions or Clash of the Champions, you can have the two champions fight each other. You know, that's that would be the ideal uh, thing to do if you had two belts, two world, two mid-card, two tag, two women. You build a pay-per-view, even if it's one of those smaller two-hour events, you build an event around seeing the champions fight each other. And you do it every year. Um, and my my other problem, the reason I can't see it is, you know, right now on WWE.com, when you go look at their draft rules and you count the number of female superstars, you get two, four, six, eight, ten. Um, they don't have Emma who's injured. They don't have Tamina who's injured. So that makes 12. They don't have... Although I'm seeing that Eva Marie is technically listed, which now makes me think Nia Jax might get drafted because you just pair them up again. But I'm gonna that's I'm not going back. You've got twelve, and then if you draft Bailey and or Carmella slash Asuka slash Nia, now you've got fourteen. Are are you really going to tell me that we can have a competitive, serious pair of women's rosters if they only have seven women per roster. And maybe maybe you can. Maybe I'm wrong on this. But to me, when I hear that, it just sounds false. You can't just, you know, because then they just rotate around. So, all right, let's say you have, I'm just going to pick the first seven just for easy. Uh, Alicia, Becky, Charlotte, Dana, Eva, Naomi, Natalia. Let's just cut it off. Let's just say those seven are on a roster. I suppose Nikki Bella would make, if Nikki Bella returns, that would make 15. So I guess maybe. But let's say you have seven. So, all right, let's say Charlotte's feuding with Becky. Well, that takes them out. Uh, And Dana's part of that, too. So that actually kind of makes it, that's three. So then you've got Alicia, Eva, Naomi, and Natalia. You've got to figure out a way to have those four fight somehow. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. You want a, you know, that's like saying you're going to have a male roster. Imagine trying to pull off a show with only seven guys who could potentially contend for the world title. And I mean potentially. I'm not saying legitimately. I'm saying at all. It it just doesn't work for me. Um, so I don't know how they're going to do And again, obviously the rule is that Charlotte can get drafted. She is the champion. Probably this is not going to wind up with Charlotte moving back and forth between the brands. But I wish they would do something 
Um, you know, I, I almost would rather them just keep all of the women's wrestling on one brand. I guess. I, this is puzzling to me, and I'm realizing how confusing it is as I'm talking to you about it. Because then, it, you know, if you want to watch women's wrestling, you watch Raw. Well, then, you know, does SmackDown begin to get complaints? Do we need women's wrestling? I've been watching a lot of WCW lately on WWE Network. And if you're not, shame on you. And they spent a very long time not having women's wrestling at all, and I did not miss it. So I suppose I will say, no, they don't need it, but I could see why they feel like they have to have it. So I guess I'm just going to be wrong on this. They're going to do two women's champions. They're going to do two very small rosters. Um, Maybe if they do, if the Cruiserweight Classic is a big success and they are able to have a women's classic, uh, maybe that will help. But they got to do something. All right, because, you know, if you want women's wrestling to be legitimate, you've got to have a lot of talent vying for it. So they've got to do something. So that's going to be one of the big things I watch as we're going through this um, to see how they handle that. All right, my last thing. We just passed the 45-minute mark. I'm going to wrap up here. Again, I thank you for listening to Buy the Book slash the pontificast slash dc just had a morning off and decided to record a show um the draft picks raw picks three smackdown picks two how's that going to work my prediction is that rounds will consist of five picks like they said and it will alternate so raw gets the first pick this is how i would do it raw gets the first pick smackdown raw smackdown raw and so That gives them, they alternate, but Stephanie still gets the advantage. Plus, it means that when you head to the next round, Stephanie gets to pick twice in a row every time you switch rounds. It's not a snake draft. If you're not familiar with a snake draft, it would go, well, it can't work with a two person. But in fantasy baseball or fantasy sports, if you've got an eight team draft, uh, it goes picks one through eight, pick number eight. Whoever has that eighth pick picks first in the second round, and then it goes back. So it kind of snakes its way through. One to eight, eight to one. One to eight, eight to one. Kind of snakes through that way. Um, You know, and again, this goes back to the whole Vince should be giving Stephanie every chance to have a better roster. You know, with the understanding that if Shane fails, Stephanie gets to take over both shows. So Shane's fighting for his life without as much support as his sister gets. Um, my prediction is that SmackDown Live will have three rounds. We'll see 15 picks on SmackDown. Uh, the belief right now, you know, I don't want to jinx it, but the plan right now is for uh, Doc Manson and I to record a show either during the draft or after the draft, we're going to bring our friend GQ, who many of you have heard about. Um, he is going to be a podcast sensation. I predict uh, Wednesday or Thursday, we are going to be flooded with tweets and emails, ddtwrestling at gmail.com, uh, saying that GQ needs to be more part of our show um, because he is one of the funniest people I know. He's been my friend since high school. He's been Doc's friend since college when I introduced them and they fell in love with each other uh, in a very platonic-ish 
ish way. Um, and you know, they are now probably better friends than I am with either of them. And I'm not bitter at all. So yeah, I think there will be three rounds. Sorry about that. I think there will be three rounds televised. Uh, I'll go ahead and predict the first round. I'm not going to predict further than that. Um, Stephanie picks Rollins. Shane picks Ambrose. Stephanie picks Owens. Shane picks Cena. And then wrapping up the first round, Stephanie picks Roman Reigns with the understanding that with Rollins and Owens as her top picks, you know, and she could, it could even be Vince makes her do it so that she can punish him for getting himself suspended and ruining everything or what have you. Um, yes, AJ Styles is not in my first round. He'd probably be among the top picks in the second round. Um, and somebody said to me, I really should write these names down so I could give you credit, uh, but I'm not going to. Somebody said to me that my predictions weren't going to work because Stephanie would be drafting two heels and Shane would be drafting two faces. I I don't see why that would be a problem. And I don't see why that wouldn't be exactly what would happen. Why would Stephanie draft a baby face in the first round? Or at all? If Stephanie is the heelish character, she should be attracted, and I mean that in the sense of a Commissioner, don't get cute with me. She should be drawn to people who have things like her. She should not be drawn to Cesaro. She should be drawn to Seamus or Del Rio-ish. Even though Del Rio's kind of toeing the line. He's, he's in the middle of a face turn, I think. Same with Shane. Why would Shane want Chris Jericho? Why would Shane want that kind of hassle? And this goes back, this not only goes towards this, this goes to what I would do. This is my fantasy booking and how I hope this happens. Um, the theme of the draft, the philosophies. And, you know, When you're drafting a team, whether it's a fantasy baseball team or whatever, when you're putting a team together, you have to have a strategy and you have to have a philosophy. When Jason Maltov and the NAI Network, Liam and Bill, when they created the NAI Network, they had a philosophy to find some of the best podcasts out there and get them on the airwaves. They didn't go for established guys, you know, or maybe they did. I don't know. Maybe they tried to get um, the masked guy in Rosenberg, whatever that, Cheap Heat. Maybe they tried to get Cheap Heat. But they didn't go for, you know, they didn't call Jim Ross and say, hey, Jim Ross, come join the network. They tried to get, you know... Amateur, in quotes, podcasts. Shane McMahon should be drafting with the philosophy of focusing on, with the exception of John Cena, youth, Apollo Crews, and potential, youth and potential. That would be what I would have if, you know, if Shane McMahon was really running this, you know, and he had a banner in his draft room, the banner would say youth and potential. So when he's looking at it, he's looking at Sasha Banks. He's looking at Cesaro, Sami Zayn. He's, you know, he could be a guy who looks at Kalisto or a guy who goes and says he was injured, but I'm drafting Neville and he's going to be a major player in my company. He goes after, hopefully, Rusev. You know, he's going after those kind of guys. He has no interest in Sheamus. He has no interest in Randy Orton. He has no interest in Dolph Ziggler. 
although you could make a case for the potential there. He's going for young, potential, you know, guys. Stephanie is on the other end of the spectrum, and while she likes potential, she is going for established veteran talent who knows how to play the game the right way and knows how to succeed. So she's going for Brock Lesnar. Maybe Brock Lesnar. There we go. All right, I will pick. Um, I will pick, you know, the parts of it. First pick of round two, she drafts Brock Lesnar. Shane uh, counters with AJ. Something like that. So then it continues that way. But Stephanie goes for proven talent. Shane drafts potential. And yes, that might make SmackDown a show that is more exciting. But as Jason Maltov and the boys have said, you're going to be watching Raw anyways. And Raw will still have some too. Maybe Raw drafts Finn Balor. You never know. All right, friends. I'm going to wrap up here. I really appreciate you joining me on this episode of By the Book. We've spent about an hour uh, loving the Full House theme song, talking about the draft now that we have the rules. Doc and I talked about it last week from every angle. I might have just rehashed some things, but I wanted to let you know where I stood. This is exciting. I wanted to share my excitement with you. I hope I will see you tonight tweeting about Raw, tomorrow tweeting about SmackDown. I hope the neighborhood can come together and bask in the awesomeness. We can drink it in! The gift of WWE! And Lucha Underground, if you're into that sort of thing. And G1. It's another tournament. I should be watching New Japan. But I got WWE Network to watch. Why would I need anything else? So, drink it in. It is a positive week. And as the Pope of Positivity, I'm just basking and sharing it all with you. My name is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Find DDT Wrestling online. If you're listening to this, you already have. Join us every Saturday for a private earful on the NAI network. We're going to be uh, doing the Cruiserweight Classic for a while. Until we meet again, my friends, we'll see you around the neighborhood. Shoo ba doo ba ba dow! Ba dow!